Monday. The children kept Marky and me busy on the weekend and both of us avoided another conflict, as well as we could. The freedom from disturbance should have allowed me to gather my strength, but in reality it continued to drain my energy. Keeping up the appearance of a tranquil family life was exhausting. As the weekend continued, I sorted most of the bricks of the first colour, leaving only a pile of weird bricks that I decided to collect into a miscellaneous bin. Whenever Marky complained about this, or that I could calm down by sitting and sorting some more bricks. The initial chaos in the living room also subsided gradually. The weekend was as relaxing as any working day. I didn't return to work on Monday with any more enthusiasm than I had left it on Friday. Hey, Professor... I mean, Mark, can I come in for a second? Sure, Professor Dr Park. It's always a pleasure. How have you been? Well, you know, sometimes you lose and sometimes the other team wins. I hope you at least enjoyed the game. Well, some of it. See, I had this strange sensation on the weekend. Oh, what drugs did you take? Can I have some? <laughs> I'm sorry, I sold my stash to Hull. No, no seriously, I, I started sorting the bricks. And while I was working on this rather tedious task, time just passed. Before I knew it, hours had passed and the chaos in front of me was turned into a tranquility of order. A perfect order. Seems like you experienced flow. As in? As in flow theory. It's one of the two seminal contributions of Mihai. What's the other one? To have the most unpronounceable family name in science. Chiksent Mihai Mihai. Chiksent Mihai? That's him. And what's so important about his flow theory? It explains the influence of task difficulty on your skill level, on your mental state. As in? If you're not very good at a task, and the task is very easy, then you probably experience apathy. When you are very skilled and the task is very easy, then you feel relaxation. That's what I experienced when I sorted the bricks by their colour. It was easy to do and I guess I was pretty good at it. If you hadn't been then, your IQ would have been below that of a pigeon. <laughs> I feel better already. When the task is difficult and you have no skills, like when you were writing your PhD thesis... Well, well wait a minute. Then you may experience anxiety. Touché. And when you have a high skill level and the task is challenging, then you can experience flow. Does that sound about right? I'm not sure if it was actually flow that I experienced, but I certainly felt in control when I sorted the bricks. Finally, something that was. What do you mean? Well, I wouldn't dare to suggest that my wife is under my control. She's hardly under her own control. Remember what Oscar Wilde said, women are to be loved, not to be understood. Oh, yes, but what if your woman has no love for you? Then you're married. Aren't you supposed to help me? I'm trying. How's it working out for you? I'm starting to understand why you deserve this office. In that case, I recommend that you return to your own cave. Oh, will do. <laughs> Monday. What do we have here? Ha! Ah, yes, it's arrived. I only need my cutter. The smell of pine needles, beeswax and cinnamon resonated in my nose and gave birth to set 10224 Town Hall and set 10232 Palace Cinema. I lifted the Town Hall box to feel its weight, shook it to hear the bricks rattle and put my nose to the box to smell the fresh print. 
She doesn't need to see both just yet. Here, I cover it with this old packaging material. Even from Marky's height, you cannot see them. I carried the palace cinema into the living room where I put it onto the table. The girls rushed inside. Daddy! A poppy! Whee! What is that? Uh, that is a cinema. Would you like to build it? I'm not sure. It's huge. We can build it step by step. And we don't have to search for the bricks since they're all in the box. I want to. Maybe you can help me with the groceries? Uh, of course. Can we open the box? Uh, yes, yes. Get some scissors to cut the tape. What is this? It's a cinema. Rob, what is this? Uh, I'm going to build this with the children. You haven't even built any of your old models. Why did you buy a new one? Well, it's going to take some time to sort the bricks, and I wanted to build something with the kids until then. How much was it? A certain amount. How much? I think I earn enough money to have a little bit to treat for me and the kids occasionally. You mean a treat for yourself? No, I mean a treat for me and the girls. Right, girls? Yes. The living room is a mess. Bricks everywhere. Oh, that'll change soon. I'm sorting it as quickly as I can. Whatever. Here we go again. Let me guess what she's going to post on her Japanese Facebook page. Why do I have to live with a husband that spends all his money on plastic toys when our girls have already more than enough toys? Why can't he play with the toys they already have? Marky completely underestimating the power of Google Translate. As soon as one of our shared friends like her post, I can see her rant and translate it. I sat down on the sofa and took out my phone. See? Didn't take more than a few minutes. Copy and paste into Google Translate and here we go. It is difficult as a mother. My husband gets to be a fun dad again, generous now. I can they here build a large Lego set? I that they are, so clean up and wear the clothes their homework. You have to fight the girls and all the time. They are grateful. It must be a help to me. Close enough. <laughs> yes, I'm trying to be a fun dad. I sat down on the floor with the kids and continued to build the great cinema. This time we could find all the bricks quickly and while Camellia was quicker in finding the right places to put the bricks, Poppy was much more careful. She spotted errors easily. It only took another 30 minutes before I got hungry. I stood up and poked my head through Marky's door and our daily dinner script unfolded. The tension between us remained, but we did not explode. After dinner, Marky sat down with Camellia to catch up on her Japanese homework while I cleaned the kitchen. She took out the various folders and booklets and put some on the kitchen table. Today we are going to learn about counting words. Like one, two, three? <laughs> no, more like counting things, such as apples. Mummy, I, I know how to do that. I'm sorry, Camellia, that is not correct. You need to use ko for apples. So, iko, niko, sanko. So, ringo ga iko, ringo ga niko. Yes. Let's count sheets of papers. That would be mai. So one sheet of paper would be kami ga ichi mai, kami ga ni mai, kami ga san mai, and so forth. Why do I need to use mai and not ko? Because ko is only used for small compact objects and mai is used for flat objects. But how do I count small sheets of paper? Well... That would still be my. And how do I count bunnies? Hiki. 
In people? Nin. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> how do you know which counter word to use? You just have to know the categories. Well, uh, how many categories are there? Lots. How many? Oh, I don't know. Maybe more than a hundred. Seriously? Well, that includes all the special cases. The most common add up to around 30. How did you come up with the categories? I mean, you must have categorised all the objects in the world. And how do you make sure that there is no overlap? How would you count mm, very flat animals? Rob, I'm doing homework with Camellia. I'm sorry, I, I find this very interesting. This is not science, this is Japanese. I returned to the dishes and Maki continued with the homework. After the children were in bed, Maki immediately retreated to her room and I put some ambient music on in the living room. Let's get to it. I certainly do not have enough bins so that every shape would get its own bin. I have to merge similar bricks into a single bin. So I have to find features that they share and that defines that category. This category is then on a higher abstraction level than each of the individual bricks. But when a bin overflows, then I'll have to separate its contents into two. The dividers allow me to split a bin into three compartments. The bricks in these three compartments should then still be more similar to each other than to the bricks in other bin. And the bins adjacent to each other should be more similar to each other than the bins further apart. This is very much like the matrix that Eleanor Roche described. The subordinate level is the individual brick let's say a green 1x3 slope. The basic level is equivalent to all 1x3 slopes and the superordinate level is all slopes. How on earth am I ever going to solve this? I mean, it almost looks like a mathematical problem. I wonder if it's possible to calculate the best solution. There must be a better way of doing this. It can't be just a social consent. Tuesday. The morning had been filled with giving lectures and answering emails. A desktop lunch was followed by an afternoon of numbing tiredness. No more information could flow from the computer screen into my brain and actually remain there for more than the instant it took my perception system to receive the stimulus. Everything that was read or looked at disappeared from memory immediately. In an attempt to regain some mental capacity, I started to walk the corridors of the department. The physical activity felt good, and it gave everyone else the impression that I was on my way to some important meeting. I strengthened this illusion by carrying some random papers I'd found at the group's printer. Nothing more impressive than a professor and a hastening to a discussion of highest academic significance. Then I passed through the staircase on the third floor. I ran into Mark, who looked at me with a devious grin. Professor Dr Smith, I noticed that you carry that very important paper I had suggested to you earlier today. You must be on your way to an important meeting. Yes, Dr Park. And I noticed the seminal work of Professor Dr Marco Alberti Pantini Contador in your hands. I assume you have read his previous work? Haven't you? I would very much like to discuss the results with you in the confidence of my toilet. After you, Professor Smith. Right this way. Right before the office door, Mark opened the lid of a recycled bin and, in passing, I swivelled my paper into it with the elegance of an Italian chef handling pizza dough. Mark imitated the deposit. For later research. 
How's your sorting coming along? Oh, steady progress. Certain structures seem to emerge. A bin can be subdivided into three compartments and I have to come up with a label for the whole bin. So you're looking for a more abstract term to describe the contents of the whole bin? Well, yes, it's a bit like going into a library and browsing through their catalogue. Do you still walk to the library? Not really. But when I pick up a book, I at least browse around that particular shelf. Sometimes I discover relevant books this way. I think it would be similar for the Lego shelf. When I'm looking for something like a slope, I will see all sorts of slopes in the direct vicinity. But you will have to stand in front of the shelf to browse the bricks. For the library, you have an online catalogue and you can search it from the discomfort of your workplace. If I wanted to search for my bricks with the help of a computer, then I would have to know exactly what bricks I have and where they're stored. I hope you start to appreciate the labour of librarians a bit more. <laughs> Good point. But how did they come up with the idea to catalogue books? There were index cards B, C, weren't there? B, C? Before Christ? Before computers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not just index cards. They came much later. Before those, there were inventory lists. How else would you keep track of the thousands of manuscripts archived in the Royal Library of Alexandria? Having a list is a very primitive form of organising. Similar to defining planets by naming all its members. You want to have an organisational principle that goes beyond that. In the case of books, you may want to sort the list alphabetically. Or you could sort books by their physical properties. Many libraries used to sort their books by their sizes. If you want to sort the books by their content, then maybe its title should be a good summary. But that assumes that every manuscript has a title and that it is using a single alphabet. You may also have to sort books and languages that do not use your alphabet. The title of a book might not be the best description of its content, in particular when we are considering novels. So you need to have a system for describing the content of books. Welcome to the world of taxonomies. Am I going to get lectured again? That depends on whether you're willing to listen. Will there be an exam? Only an intramuscular one. What kind of exam is that? You'll have to walk out of this office using your own legs. I can handle that. Proceed, Doctor. There are two main questions about taxonomies. What is a good structure and what is a good way to develop them? Can we start with the latter, because that is the exact problem I'm working on right now. I had no idea about how I could come up with a good sorting system for the bricks. So, what did you do? Well, I just started with some obvious examples and then the whole thing developed from there. Your approach could be described as the bottom-up approach. You start with concrete examples and then create higher-level terms based on your initial order. What do you mean by terms? Good question. For the description of books, taxonomies assign terms to the books. They're similar to the features you may use for your bricks, such as their colour. You may use the term blue to describe a brick, and a taxonomist may use the term history to describe a book. But blue is not a feature. It's an attribute of the feature colour. My bricks could have many different colours, but the feature to distinguish them by remains their colour. And there you have a difference between a taxonomy for describing the content of books and a taxonomy for describing objects. You need to think of terms as a feature that can be present or absent. But I know that this is inefficient for bricks. Very much so. If I applied the book taxonomy system to my bricks, then instead of having one feature colour with multiple attributes, 
I'd need to have one large tree structure such as is it red, yes or no, in the case of no, is it blue, and so forth. You've got it. What you're describing is called a binary tree since it has exactly two choices at every node. But there is another difference as well. In some trees the branches carry names. Let's consider the tree of life. You mean the work influenced by Linnaeus? Correct. There are features that define the branches of the tree, but the branches are also given names, such as mammal. This is similar to finding a name for your bins and tears. Oh, that's nifty. It looks to me as if all the taxonomies for books consist of such named branches. That could be the case. Let's take the example of the Library of Congress subject headings. Care to have a look? Let's search for Lego. There we have it. It has one narrower term, Lego Mindstorms Toys, and one broader term, Toys. Let's click on that one. Well, that's a huge list. Amish Toys, Baby Rattles, Bathtub Toys, Ben Bros Toys, Blocks Toys. That's just a list of different types of toys. Lego it blocks from one specific company. Should they not be under the Blocks term? Good point. There is supposed to be a clear level of inclusiveness. Remember what Roche said? Every Lego brick is a toy, but not every toy is a Lego brick. Let's have a look at the uh, blocks term. Ah, oh, it has no narrower terms, and only the variant building blocks brackets toys. Yeah, it is useful to list variations of the same term. I've seen a similar tree structure on Bricklink recently. I was looking for an old space set that I used to own. When you say looking for, you mean shopping for? Well, yes, but that's another point entirely. The Lego themes are also organised using a tree. Classic space was a subcategory of space. Even worse, there were two Batman themes. I couldn't tell the difference. Well, let's have a look. Here. Batman 1 is on the top level and Batman 2 is under the superheroes category. Hmm. Looks like Batman 1 was sold before the superheroes theme existed. That would explain it. Still, it makes no sense to have two Batman categories. What you're struggling with is a fundamental issue in taxonomies. It would require very specific criteria to give every object its one place in the hierarchy. Only experts would be able to navigate through the tree. Oh, I don't understand what you mean. Indeed. In the Tree of Life, the branches are defined by features. Mammals are defined as animals that have hair, three middle ear bones, mammary glands and a neocortex. Notice that it is not a single feature that distinguishes them from birds or reptiles, but four of them. What's your point? Are you certain that a platypus has a neocortex? No. Do you know exactly what a neocortex is and where you would find it in an animal? Mm, somewhere in the brain? Yeah, so you see, it would take an expert to determine if a certain animal has a neocortex. I don't want to become an expert librarian to be able to browse their catalogue. I just want to have a look at what books they have on a certain topic. Exactly. So the taxonomy has to take into account what terms their users would use to describe a book. Different people might use different terms and hence it is necessary not only to include variations but also related terms. But that wouldn't explain the multiple occurrences of Batman. Patience my young apprentice. People don't only use a variety of terms, but they also perceive them to have different levels of inclusiveness. Furthermore, 
It might even be appropriate for the term to occur multiple times. Batman may occur under the terms publishers, DC Comics, Batman as well as under fiction, superheroes, Batman. But then we no longer have a clean Aristotelian tree structure. We have a mess. Roche would have argued that the people are inherently messy in how they organise their world and thinking without it would be like thinking like a computer, which is not thinking at all. So a plane does not fly because it does not flap its wings, as Drew McDermott put it? No, don't, don't shoot the messenger. But the definition of consciousness is a different discussion anyway. What I wanted to say is that what you call a mess is actually a network of connected nodes. It just does not represent a tree anymore. And this network works for the people who use it. Except that you can't place a book in two places at the same time. Each book still needs its place in the library. We need tree structures. That is why we have index cards and metadata in general. The information about books is typically stored in a computer database and hence the information is not physically constrained. A book can be in multiple categories in a database. I'm sorry, Mark, I have to disagree. Even in a database, there is exactly one record for each book that is stored in exactly one place on the hard disk. A database can use cross-references, though. Imagine a library in which not only books are stored, but also little cards are placed in the shelves that point to other books. In a library, this would be inconvenient, since you would have to walk over to another shelf to have a look at that book. Even index cards would still take you a considerable time to go through. But the enormous lookup speed in a database enables you to follow such pointers and look at the other book without any delays. It may look like the book's in multiple places, but fundamentally it is still in just one. That is a technical point of view. Why would I care about how it is implemented if the consequences for me is that it appears to be in two places? Well, you should care since the power of computers can only be exercised on data, not on the objects themselves. Computers may help us to search through metadata, but they can't make a shelf longer or a book smaller. You need to understand the limitations of computation if you want to fully harvest its power. I see your point. Luckily, books can be perfectly represented through data. The text of a book is nothing but a string of characters that can be stored in a computer. Hence, we can actually store a book in two places at once. The storage is the lesser problem. The presentation is. A book is stored in a computer typically by nothing other than the differences in voltage. This representation of data is completely inaccessible for humans. Only once this data is transformed into a visual pattern on a screen does it become useful for us again. You can digitise many objects and store the data in a computer, but it will only be a useful tool for mankind if you are able to present the data in a meaningful way. So man is the measure of all things. Well, I'm not certain about that. But would you not want your sorting order to work for you? What's the point of having an order and not being able to use it anyway? The order is meaningless in itself. You order the bricks so you can build models. Would you not want to have an order that helps you build? An order in which the bricks that you use most often are easily accessible? You should optimise both the sorting time and the retrieval time. Hmm. You have a point there. But collectors would probably think differently. I 
could imagine that they would spend a considerable amount of time contemplating the right order of storing and presenting the items in their collection. Possibly, but they have a different purpose. They would rarely retrieve items and they certainly wouldn't want to play with them. So the quality of the taxonomy is determined by how useful it is for its users. I think that an ideal order would be inherently useful. The two are not mutually exclusive. You might even be able to sell your Lego taxonomy. How? Well, there are several companies that create commercial taxonomies, such as ones that describe the different types of businesses. They also have platforms in which you can offer your own taxonomy. So I could get rich with my ideal order? I would think that the market for Lego taxonomies is significantly smaller than the market for taxonomies that can be used by libraries. Coming back to our discussion about libraries, I actually think that they should be organised differently to start with. I don't browse much through the shelves anymore to search for books. I use the computer for it. The library system could just give me a serial number and the books could be sorted by those numbers. It would be much easier to find a book and, dare I say, store it as well. Then the library itself would be useless without the computer system. The placement of a book right now contains information about its content. This would be lost. If the users of the library predominantly use the computer to access its content, then the decrease in deposit and retrieval time would make it worthwhile. Even further, those index cards you mentioned, well, they make sense in a system where the retrieval time is very high. Instead of walking to the shelf to look up the book, you have a summary on the 4x6 inch card. The taxonomy of topics is also organised on cards that you go through one at a time. But modern databases allow you to compose complex queries, such as all Batman figures from the year 2006. You can search for all the terms directly without them being in any form or structure. It's like combining two index cards at once to search for a book. Now you are talking about tags. Yes, and these tags can come from librarians as well as from the readers themselves. Those would be called a folksonomy. Call it whatever you want. But that isn't the end. Many libraries, publishers and companies are currently transferring their printed books into the digital age. New books start their life in computer already. Only old ones need to be scanned. Is Google not involved in this? Yes, they have several agreements with libraries and they're scanning like crazy. The great advantage is that books become available online directly. This is particularly valuable for books that are otherwise inaccessible. Yes. I tried once to gain access to a, an historical book. My request was denied because I was not properly trained in handling ancient documents. Scanning these books makes them available for everybody. The British Library, for example, made digital copies of its original Gutenberg Bible available online. All right. You can scan and publish books on the internet. But how does that change the taxonomies of libraries? Once the books are digital, you can make their content searchable. Instead of searching in the metadata, you can search in the books directly. But then you assume that the algorithm that sorts the results of your query is more powerful than the categorising books manually. Have you ever tried the automatic summarise function in Microsoft Word or as a service in Mac OS X? No, I haven't. Believe me, it is. It is what? Exactly. <laughs> it doesn't really matter anyway. Why? Well, because soon people will stop going to the library altogether. With the arrival of good reading devices and the internet, there's no reason to go. Why walk there if I can have the book delivered to me right away? This already happens with the research papers I read. 
I don't walk to the library and check a certain issue of a journal. I search the web and get the PDF file directly. I think Amazon already sells more e-books than printed books. This is the future, Mark, and goodbye good old paper. I'm not ready for that. How come you know so much about taxonomies anyway? Because I read books. You should too. You're actually right. Here I stand discussing all these topics when I could just read books about them. You're a social animal. No, seriously, I, I really should read into this. Do you have any recommendations? You could try The Discipline of Organising by Robert Glushko or Everything is Miscellaneous by David Weinberger for a start. I have a copy if you want, but you would, of course, want to have the e-book? Well, maybe I could... Don't get all 20th century on me now. You just proclaimed the end of paper. Maybe just this last time I will use the paper books. What about the famous Eleanor Roche? Her book chapter, Principles of Categorisation, is available for free online. Just Google it.